Welcome to the Metro Detroit Christian Church Podcast. Up next, you will hear a message delivered by one of our pastors or guest speakers. We pray that you encounter Jesus Christ as you engage with this message. It's nice to be with you again. Pastor Lisa and I had a uh, Valentine's weekend away last week. We had a great time, really enjoyed being together and having that time of rest and connection with each other. And man, the last couple of weeks, the teaching and preaching here has been amazing. Pastor Ryan, two weeks ago, on the father, and then last week with Pastor John on something. It's really, really good. <laughs> I read, I listened to it, and I even have some notes here to, I just can't remember the name of it. Something about James and prayer and, like Elijah, that's it, like Elijah. We're so, we're so incredibly blessed. It's like rich, rich, rich life we have in the Word. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. This is the worldview Jesus has about culture. Multitudes are, Scripture often compares multitudes with the sea, great waters, and when he looks upon the multitudes, the nations, the trends in culture that massive numbers of people are following, this is his worldview. He has compassion on them because they're harassed. They're being preyed upon by demonic powers or being harassed by demonic spirits. And they're hopeless, helpless, and scattered. So there's a scattering influence that, man, I tell you, just, just mainstream culture with all of what's going on through our phones and the internet and the email, it's constant bombardment. It's like it's really led to a scattering effect. Well, anyways, Jesus is seeing the masses. They're scattered, and they have no shepherd. They don't have somebody leading them into a healthy environment. They're being led into unhealthy environments, and Jesus wants them to be led into healthy environments where there's good food for their souls, for their lives. And in light of that, he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Pray the Lord of the harvest, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into the harvest. So this is amazing. He talks, he refers to God as the Lord of the harvest. He's the master of the harvest. He's the owner of it. He controls the times and the seasons of sowing and reaping. Jeremiah 9 says, let's fear the Lord our God 
who gives the rain in its season, the autumn rain and the spring rain, and keeps us for us the weeks appointed for the harvest. The Lord keeps the weeks appointed for harvest. It's his timetable. He knows when to bring the rain. He's sovereign in how he administrates the harvest over the globe. Amos says, I withheld rain from you, and when there was yet three months to the harvest, I sent rain on one city, but did not send rain on another city. One field would have rain, and the field on which it did not rain would wither. He is sovereign. He can decide to just pour out his Holy Spirit. In fact, in some of the Great Awakenings, they would see this. They would see outpourings on one church and nothing happening on the other church. Same town. He's the Lord of it. Salvation is a gift. From God. He's the Lord of the harvest. He chooses people. He regenerates them. He gives them faith to believe. He seals them with the Holy Spirit. It's God's harvest from beginning to end. The harvest's success is completely dependent on God's blessing. It's not by human might or the wisdom of people to gather others into the kingdom. It's only by the Spirit that people have their hearts worked upon and they're gathered in. That's by the Spirit. It's by God. It's not by you or I in our natural self. It says in Psalm 107, they sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly. And he does not let their livestock diminish. It's by God's blessing there's a harvest. Workers, the workers in the harvest field, they can't change the nature of the soil in the field. Some hearts are hard. Jesus talks about, he reveals himself as the Lord of harvest here in, Mar in, in Matthew 9. But then he elaborates on his role as the Lord of the harvest in Matthew 13. And he talks about men's hearts being the field. And some hearts are hard, others are rocky. Other men's hearts have weeds growing up in their hearts. And some men have good and noble hearts. Well, the job of changing the nature of the soil from stony to good soil, that is God's job. It says in Ezekiel that he is the one who puts in a new heart and a new spirit and removes the heart of stone. Praise the Lord. God can take a harvest field that's really lumpy, really bad for fruit and change it. He can change the nature of soil. That is actually what the new covenant is. Is God changing the hearts of men so they have soft hearts to receive the word. He's the Lord of the, God oversees the whole process. He's the master of the yield. The chief of the harvest. God himself is the commander-in-chief of the harvest. He's infinitely concerned about the mission. Every aspect of preparing, planting, cultivating, reigning, reaping, 
bringing it into the barn, separating out the good from the bad, every aspect of it, he is in sovereign control of it. Any laborer in the harvest is a co-laborer with God. We are all co-laborers with his harvest. The outcome belongs to the Lord. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one who gives the increase. So we're to pray to the Lord of the harvest. This is Jesus is equipping disciples. Are you a disciple? Jesus is equipping you right now to not be a bump on the log. To not just go to church and agree. Not just even go to church and experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and be all excited. And then go home and not be in a culture of the kingdom. No, Jesus is equipping you to be in a culture of the kingdom of God. And what he, he's, he's equipping his disciples to be part of a harvest. And he says, key to the harvest is that you pray. So this is what the Spirit is doing in you. Are you a disciple? The Spirit is equipping you, challenging you, encouraging you, pouring out prayer on you. This is what Pastor John was preaching about last week from James 5. One verse I think he mentioned, but I didn't think he read, was... (laughs) I'm checking up. I watch you. James 5 says, Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth. God's the farmer. And he's patiently waiting for the fruits of the earth. He's tending, he's sowing, and in the, in the right time, he's going to get the fruits of the earth. But patience is part of his plan. He's a master shaper. He's waiting patiently, it says, for it until it receives. He's waiting See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it, the fruit, until it receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord in the book of James is not the second coming. It's the coming of the Lord at the time of harvest. So the Spirit through James is saying, establish your hearts so let's just let the Lord do that. Let's just our, cause our hearts to be at rest, solid, established. The Lord's coming. A harvest is coming. He's the Lord of it. Let your hearts be established in that reality with patience. And then James goes on to say how we can be part of the process. In that same chapter, he says, Elijah, and Pastor John did a masterful job, amazing sermon. I was really, I was in awe. Seriously, I joked earlier, but. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. We're like Elijah. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it didn't rain on the land for three, and six, three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. 
So fascinating, as Pastor John pointed out in 1 Kings 17, Elijah goes to King Ahab and says, it will not rain. He says, as the Lord of God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years except at my word. You are like that, James is saying. So, at your word. But then, he tells us the word that he's giving to stop the rain or release the rain is prayer. That's what it says in James 5. Elijah was a man like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain. And he prayed again earnestly and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. There is a spirit of earnest prayer that is being given to us right now by the Lord of the harvest because we are part of the process. Earnest prayer is going to open up the heavens to rain on Michigan. Earnest prayer is. Earnest prayer is not religious prayer. It's not compulsory prayer. Wow, what potential lies within us to be the ones that open up rain over the state of Michigan. Just makes you want to jump up and leave your religious garments, like quit the church you're going to right now and join another one. Right now, today. Quit the observational church, the one that's analyzing the sermon and analyzing the pastor and analyzing your thoughts and feelings, and join the church that Jesus is building. This, this, this fascinates me. Jesus says, pray the Lord of the harvest, that he send out laborers into the harvest. That word prayer in the Greek is passive imperative, meaning you are not producing the action that fuels the prayer. You're the recipient of it, the passive recipient on it. But it's also a command. So Jesus says, I command you. If you're my disciple, if you're going to be a co-laborer with me, I command you to pray earnestly. And in that command, this force, this action of the Holy Spirit just comes on you, and you can't help but pray. I'm telling you, we are entering into the days of we can't help but pray. I, I've been, a, I've been a, bar, a part of a thousand you-must-pray movements, and they all die. They all, they all, they die within a week how many of you ever tried to do that? Oh, I was big on the pray one hour movement. That was a big thing in the 80s, 90s, early 90s. Pray one hour and had the whole, all the, you went through the Lord's Prayer and you just it did it point, point. Man, it was tough. <laughs> It 
We've got the most amazing help. It's the fire of the Holy Spirit. The passion. The wisdom. The incredible pressure. The Spirit has just like... Searching the deep things of God. He's going into all of God's deep thoughts, and he's coming back out of the search with, we've got to produce this on the earth. That, that's what's coming on. You're, we're the recipients of that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Don't analyze that. Don't be thinking about, well, how come it's not happening with me? Just believe. Believe. If you just believe, something's going to happen. How many want something to happen? Just believe. Believe just, believe just opens up the environment. <laughs> For this massive action of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to raise us up and pray. Pray. I command you to be the passive recipients to give expression to the power that's coming on you. And you're to pray to the Lord of the harvest, the one who's in control of it all, that he send out laborers. Oh my goodness. The word is... Ekbala. It means to throw up. It means to send, to send out is too soft. It's way too soft. It means to cast out, to drive out, and it has a notion of violence in it. Cast out of the world. It's the same word that's used about Jesus casting out demons. He would cast out demons. Pray that the Lord... Cast us out. Pray that the Lord breaks this four-wall mentality over our hearts. Cast us out of it. it. This word is so rich, it means to command. Cause one to depart in haste. It means to be employed with such rapid motion this rapid motion is transferred to the recipient of this word, causing them to go forth. Like the word send has rapid motion with it. And the one who hears it just, woo, they get caught up and they're going out. Pray this. If you don't, you're going to die. That's a word. From the Holy Spirit. We're not playing games. When the Holy Spirit is saying, we are in a season of prayer, we are not playing games. We're in the, in the process of history changing at our words. And we're to pray like that. How did Jesus cast out demons? It's the finger of God. He says, 
I don't, I, the way I cast out demons is the finger of God comes. The finger of God comes on a person who has a demon. We've all seen it if you've been here around a while. If you haven't been here when a demon's getting cast out, just stay around. <laughs> Stick around. Finger of God comes on somebody. And wherever the demon is hiding in a person's personality, sometimes it's hiding in a physical organ. There was a woman demonized for 18 years, son of, son of, she was a daughter of Abraham, who has healing in the covenant. And this demon had her spirit of infirmity was in her spine. Finger of God comes on her spine. It's the pressure of the finger of God drives the demon out. And when the finger of God comes on people and the, whatever is in there, the, the spirit of heaviness or lust, or gender confusion, whatever is in there, the, the pressure just drives it out. Sometimes demons leave with a scream. Sometimes they leave with a sigh. But they're leaving when the finger of God comes. Well, when Jesus is sending out the church, you're leaving. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor, say, you're leaving. <laughs> the pressure is coming on us. The pressure is coming on the institutional church. It's the institutional church that's keeping the political spirit in place in a region. And pressure is coming on us to come out of our institutionalism, come out of our MDCC culture. And this pressure is, has got rapid movement in it. And it's sending us. We're to pray for that. Jesus is equipping his disciples in how to change a person's, another person's life, a family's life, a region, a nation. Disciples of Jesus are disciples of his kingdom. Hello. His kingdom is something that is coming to and on the earth. So disciples are disciples of the king. Jesus is equipping disciples in how the kingdom comes, how it moves, how it drives out the devil in a region and brings people into the harvest, brings them into to the gathering of God. It exposes evil. It's by prayer. Not prayer formulas. Prayer is the result of revelatory encounters. In Matthew 13, Jesus is giving the disciples this equipping, and he says in verse 11, It's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, the crowds, it's not been given. Disciples are given over to a process. You've been, you've been selected by God 
to come out of your primary identification with being whatever career you have. Your primary role as a husband or a father. Your primary career. You're being called out of that as a disciple. Your primary role is to seek. Seek to discover how is this invisible kingdom coming on earth? You're called to be, that is your priority as a disciple. And Jesus is saying, the one who embraces that, they're given over to something. This is so exciting. They're given over to have the next piece of light that's going to, Move you forward in God's invisible plan to take over the world. You get a revelatory. It's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. How many want to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven? Embrace discipleship. Embrace seeking the kingdom of God. Listen, if your primary news source is anything except the spirit of revelation, the mysteries of the kingdom are hidden from you. So we need to be educated by what's going on in the world. It's very imperative. Paul says we're not ignorant of the devil's schemes. We need to know what's going on. You need to know what's going on. We need to be educated and aware. So we've got all sorts of sources outside of mainstream media that are helping us become aware. Tucker Carlson, Epoch Times, hosts of conservative news podcasts and broadcasts. They're all telling you what the enemy is doing. You need to be aware of what the enemy's doing. You can't live in our, our Christian bubble. We have to be aware of what the enemy's doing. <clears throat> That's important. We have to be aware of the field we're being sent into that the devil is sowing into. Jesus, there's a field, there's... Jesus is sowing in that field, and the devil is sowing in the field. You need to know what's going on in the field. Our greater need, though, is to see what the Lord is doing in our field. <clears throat> I watched an interview with Tucker Carlson last night. Let's see if I can find it here. It's an interview with a guy named Mike Benz. And Mike Benz is the founder of a, 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 started a foundation called Foundation for Freedom Online. And he describes, <clears throat> in this interview, Mike Benz describes what I call the beast system. He called it a conglomerate of elites, moneyed individuals, and governments and organizations 
a massive military industrial security complex that at one time was working for freedom in the world and now has turned against the citizens of the United States, against the people of our own nation, to censor what they believe is a threat to democracy. The title of this interview is called The National Security State and the Inversion of Democracy. In this group of individuals and organizations, there's a mindset that this guy Benz describes. There's been a redefinition of democracy. Democracy is no longer the will of the people. In these people's minds, democracy is about the preservation of the democratic institutions perceived to be the protectors of democracy. So democracy are the preservers of democracy as defined by the federal government, State Department, FBI, Department of Defense, Justice, Justice Department, working with social media companies, mainstream media, connected with NGOs across the world that are receiving government funding, combined with the security state, Central Intelligence Agency, and the Department of Homeland Security. All of these organizations and entities and politicians linked together in recent years have turned to block the voice of the people coming out of the internet. Because the voice of the people that had been rising out of the internet, when the internet was first started, one of its first uses was to accelerate the move of the voice of people across the world to overturn tyrannical governments. That was one of the early fruits of the internet. Now that has turned against the people because the people's voices are threatening the established role of the protectors of democracy. It's a kind of military rule that we are now under against free speech. Why did I say that all here at this point in my sermon? Jesus is equipping his disciples when he says, pray the Lord of the harvest 
to send out laborers into the field. We need to know what's going on in the field. Our prayers are to be in the context of the field. And if we're clueless about what's going on in the field, our prayers, listen, our prayers are to shut rain over that system. And our prayers are to open up rain over this system. So Jesus, Jesus loved his role as Lord of the harvest. He talks about it in Matthew 13. Look at this. He's equipping the disciples about his role as Lord of the harvest. He says, At a parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But when men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them up? He said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. This is the Lord of the harvest being unveiled. This is the person you're supposed to pray to. That man. Like, all the fluff off of Lord of the Harvest is going to come off. Jesus explains this parable later on in Matthew 13. Says Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. It's like, he just said, I've got to have one-on-one time my disciples sends the multitude away and his disciples came to him and said explain to us the parable of the tares of the field what are you talking about Jesus he answered and said to them he who sows the good seed is the son of man say son of man man. he who sows the good seed is who the field is the world the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Disciples, how many are disciples? You and I are to pray that that happens. He's, he's, He's unveiling his role as Lord of the harvest here in this chapter. And the first thing we have to know when we're praying to the Lord of the harvest is that he's the son of man. Quick review for some of you, maybe brand new for most of you, for some others of you. 
about who is the Son of Man. Are you ready? Can you run through Daniel 7 with me on the screen here for the next seven, eight minutes? Because when Jesus said the Son of Man is sowing good seed in his field, he's referring to Daniel 7 and the revelation of the Son of Man given in that chapter. Are you ready? What is Daniel 7 about? What in the world, who in the world is the Son of Man? And what does it have to do with what we're facing right now? Because this is who you're to pray to. You're to pray to this one that's revealed in Daniel 7 that Jesus, the disciples automatically knew who he was talking about because they knew the Scripture. Okay, who is the Son of Man? Daniel 7, it says, the Son of Man, it starts with a beast. Say beast. beast. Daniel 7, 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. So, you need visions of your head upon your bed. Prayer is not a formula. It's a revelatory encounter. How many of you want to come out of religious praying and into great awakening prayer? Great awakening prayer comes with revelatory encounters, visions of your head while on your bed. That's just basically talking about things are happening by the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. In this year, he wrote down the dream Daniel did, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. Great sea is the cultures of the world. And four great beasts came up out of the sea, each different from the other. Does it go to verse 7 next? After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were born before it, and it had, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, that, and there was this other horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. So... Beast, horn, pompous words. The beasts are world governments. World governments rising up out of whatever fallen Adam produces in terms of government. Whatever the flesh system creates in the world in terms of government, that's a beast system. And it's oppressive. It's speaking pompous words. This is what's going on if, you, if we'll come out of our bubbles and get informed about what's going on in the field of the world, we'll be seeing a beast system rising. But it goes on in Daniel. It says, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from him. A thousand 
thousands ministered to him. Ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. You're being equipped in prayer. Don't overanalyze this. The Spirit doesn't overanalyze the pictures of Scripture. The Spirit takes these pictures and opens up these prophetic understandings that begin revealing to us the nature of what the devil's sowing in the world and what God's doing in the world. Pictures will help you do that. So we've got this beast. Now we've got the Ancient of Days and a heavenly court and this myriad of fiery angels ministering to God. Then it goes on. I was watching in the night visions. This is how you pray. You watch. (laughs) I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Tada! This is the climax of history. This is the finished works of Christ. He's died on the cross broke the power of the sin age in his body, disarmed every principality and power through his sacrifice on the cross, took the fury of God into his body, treading on everything evil and corrupt and lustful and out of bounds in mankind. He treaded on it in his body. It was the fury of God that fueled him to go to the cross. And with a loud voice, as he's dying, he says, it's finished. It's done. The sin age is done. It's over. It's extinguished. It is no more. Because I condemned it. I judged it in my body. He buried. Father, thrilled with his son, raises him from the dead, ushers him through the atmosphere, and the clouds Anybody who rides on the clouds is God. So now we have a man riding on a cloud. This man is put on a cloud and ushered before the ancient of days. And God, the dream of God. The kingdom that's inside him, the dominion, the glory, the authority. His dream was to place that upon a human To him was given, the Son of Man, to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. Not to be an impotent ruler. Not to rule with empty words. But to speak and something 
happens when he speaks. Submission is formed in a hard heart. This is how he's subduing the nations. He now, he's, got a, he's got a sharp sword coming out of his mouth, which is a sharp sickle. The sword and the sickle, same thing. And he's reaping in his sovereignty and under the tutelage of the Father. And when it's ripe, it's like, it's time to release a word. The word is sharp. And it just comes down into a region and begins scooping up the vine, the corrupt vine of the earth. Everything that came out of Adam, different Different clusters of people, family groups, neighborhood groups. Picks them up and throws them into the wine vat of his cross. He completely changes their worldview. The word of this son of man. He was given something, given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that something should happen. I had a week off with my wife. I got fire now. <laughs> like, it is time for us to put the pedal to the metal and get out of institutional church. How are you going to get out of where you're at right now? Pray to this man to thrust you out. I remember years ago when we went to Mozambique, we traveled all across the world and to help Roland and Heidi Baker with the orphanages and we got there, they didn't know we were coming, even though we, it was chaos over there. And we spent thousands of dollars, and anyways, it, everything turned out okay, I won't tell the whole story. Our hearts sank, and then we realized, well, we're going to just, we're going to make up our own mission trip. Had the most amazing time. We, we preached to hundreds of Mozambican pastors without knowing their language, with no interpreters. How do you do that? You have to use very simple words and a lot of sign language. And they ended up all just receiving the power of the Holy Spirit because it wasn't a head-to-head wisdom knowledge transfer. The only thing we could do is part spirit to spirit. I remember one of the mornings we... We got to gather in the prayer hut, which is where Heidi was. We hadn't even met Heidi yet. We'd been there, I don't know, maybe a couple days. and We're just there. People are, there are some orphans in there, and there's some Mozambican pastors, and our team is there. We're all praying. And all of a sudden, here comes Heidi. She sneaks in the back door and just goes right onto the, on her face and begins crying out. Didn't even want to acknowledge the people. It's like, we traveled. You should at least say hello to us. We spent, you know, thousands of dollars. 
hits the deck. And she goes, send them out, Lord. Send them out, Lord. Send them out, Lord. I was watching in the night visions. You're getting like virtual reality glasses right now. Holy Spirit is just putting on just glasses. And I see these, these ear things. You're going to see things and hear things. You can't pray. You can't pray unless you see and hear. And we can't see or hear unless one helps us see and hear. Put the glasses on, Lord. Daniel saw in the night visions, he saw the sun, he saw the one with authority. He was like, like intimidated by the beast. It's, it's way bigger than we can handle. Like you look at the beasts, you, you know, just, just spend one hour reading and listening to the news and you want to just either tear your clothes or completely go into denial and escape. No, what the Lord wants to do is, he wants to put some type of goggle, some type of virtual reality, something to help you see and hear the Son of Man. I don't want to move forward, Holy Spirit, until everybody in this place has ears and eyes that are coming from heaven. Anoint us, Lord. We really need it. We'll never pray unless we see the Son of Man in vision form. <clears throat> Help us see, Lord. <clears throat> You have to see Christ as the Son of Man. If you're, if you're going to be part of the harvest, how many want to be part of the harvest? Want to be part of the process? We have to see the Son of Man. We see one with authority. We're not praying to an impotent God. We're praying to a powerful man. He is the greater man. The one stronger than the strong man. When the greater man shows up, the pressure gets put on the strong man to let go of his house and all the demons that are in that house get evicted. Ekbala, they get cast out by the servant, by the one who sent out by Christ. If we'll see. And we pray to him, send out laborers. Daniel keeps watching, and I was watching. He sees the beast. 
He sees the ancient of days and the heavenly court. He sees the Son of Man. And now he sees the saints. I was watching in the same horn of the beast that was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. It is time in the 21st century for the saints to possess the kingdom. I see this little war between Christina Karama and Pete Huckstra as a little manifestation of this war between the beast and the saints having the kingdom. The government coming out of the people. The beast does not want it. The beast does not want freedom of speech across the globe. If that voice of the populist movements gets released across the nations, the world's governments are going to just like go crazy. Pray. Pray for freedom of speech. Pray, shut down the rain on the movement that wants to take the First Amendment out of our Constitution. Come here, boys. <laughs> Jesus is saying to his disciples, send all the thousands away. Just got 12 in front of him. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me reveal myself to you. This is, what it, this is it, guys. I'm the son of man. I'm this guy. The one who sends out angels. Freaks out. The sons of the wicked one. There's a separation. Lawlessness is stopped, is cast out of the sphere of my world. Pray to this, pray to me. <laughs> There's a courtroom, a son of man being ushered in, receiving dominion. There's heavenly authority to implement in men's hearts, causing submission. There's a rulership. And by these things, languages and people and nations are given hearts to serve him. This is, this is not a natural war with physical weapons. We are in a war. It is as intense, if not more intense, than any world war we've ever seen. We're in it. This war is not one with physical weapons. It's one with words. Words of persuasion. Words of authority. Words of love. Words of power. Words of conviction. Words of repentance. And it has the potential to subdue the beast. The Son of Man has been given authority over language, communication, 
Oh. I want to ask, Lord, you would make us like the Apostle Paul, who prayed in tongues more than any other believer. Why did I just pray that? Because tongues, the gift of tongues, is the Son of Man sorting out all the confusion in the world's language systems. And out of this pool of tongues comes this perfect interpretation of the word of God. The distribution of a pure, undefiled word. We, we are looking for that word of conviction. That word of love. That word of compassion. That word that's going to slice up the devil and produce submission in people's hearts. That's going to be given to a people of the Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. We honor once again, as we have so many times in this assembly, we honor the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We honor the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Lord, we bind up, we refuse any religious interpretation of those gifts. But we absolutely open wide our hearts to the administration of the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy that are the anointing for the Gentile church. <clears throat> There's <clears throat> so much confusion. It's everywhere on every page you read every podcast newscast you hear there is a mixture of misinformation malformation malinformation disinformation and deception and lies There's a rulership of the Son of Man over language. Lord, many of you have come to a place of maturity in the recent weeks, months, in the recent years. And you're beginning to have a voice. Like you're beginning to find a voice outside these walls. You're emerging with a voice. I hear the Lord saying to you, take the language back. It is yours. It's, 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 it's here for you. 
the tyranny of Babel is breaking over your life. And a pure administration of language is coming into your heart and mind, breaking confusion, misinformation, misinterpretation, fleshly attempts at trying to persuade people was just religious confusion. Oh, Lord, I don't know what to pray here. I just feel something. I just, I keep seeing Webster's 1838 dictionary. Give me back the dictionary, Lord. Lord, I just feel like give us the dictionary. Give us the real one. Give us the lexicon of heaven. Give us the definition of words. Lord, cause people that hear our words say, what is this? They're saying the same thing as somebody else is saying, but their words have authority. You got to have language. You got to have it coming from the Son of Man. Like, I would encourage you and exhort you to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts and the, the cleansing of your language system. We're not playing charismatic games. <clears throat> oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, before the council meetings, before the Stand Up Michigan meetings, pray in the Holy Spirit that there be pure language coming out. School, school of Formation graduates, pray. Pray, pray that a language system be given to you that caused you to rise above your peers. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. The absolute head, the master of the yield. He knows exactly how to bring in the harvest. He's frustrating the intelligence of the religious system. He's causing his reign that was initially on the seeker-sensitive music is now leaving. That demonic system of trying to reach the masses. Oh, no, 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 no. The rain is like. He's the Lord of the rain. Pray earnestly. Out of the visions and pictures of the scriptures that are fascinating. You have intelligence. The purpose of your intelligence is to be fascinated by pictures. 
<laughs> I just want to run around the room right now. Oh. He's the Lord of the rain. Elijah earnestly got down, put his head between his knees. You know what we need? We need some people to get down, put their head between their knees. Let their body, let their body express what's in their spirit. That's the kind of prayer we're talking about. Lord, this people, in their earnest prayer, I'm skipping the whole last page of the sermon for you. (laughs) This people that is familiar with this way, say familiar with this way. Open the heavens with patience, praying to the Lord of the harvest. Jesus, Jesus is on this little trip with his disciples. And I don't know if they're going up to Galilee or down to Judea, but they're going through Samaria. And they stop in this little town. And they're hungry. Jesus sends the disciples into the town. Go buy some food. We're hungry. He sits down at the well. And here comes this woman of ill repute. Jesus has a word of knowledge about her immoral relationships. And then He uses their dialogue as an occasion, as an opportunity for discourse, to make statements that matter. He starts making statements about the destruction of the temple system. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. A move of worship across the nations that will sweep in the Gentiles, break down the division between the Palestinian and the Israelites. And reveal the Messiah. All she wanted was a drink. All he wanted was a drink. He says, give me a drink. She goes, oh, okay. And out comes this world history lesson. She leaves. He never gets his drink. She leaves with water that becomes in her a fountain. It's not just a temporary water release. It's a fountain that keeps producing water. She comes in her immoral state, has an encounter with a man who teaches her world history through the lens of the gospel. 
which is what we're doing in our discipleship and in our schools and in the future college we're going to have. Teaches about world history through the lens of the gospel. She leaves with a fountain bubbling up on the inside her. She runs and tells the whole village, wow, this guy, you all know. <laughs> he knows too. And she wasn't giving the sick Jesus gets it commercial. Come, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. She's completely undone. Her heart is filled with submission, filled with honor. They come, they listen to Jesus. Is this, this is it? This is it? This is the Savior of the world? They crossed over into harvest that starts with one. Say it starts with one. Pray. Pray that the Lord throws you up out of isolation. I need it. I need a thrust. I need an ekbala. I need to be cast out of my world. Pray. Pray. Earnestly. Like it's the matter going to make a difference in where things go. That you cross over whatever you're living in right now. And you have an encounter with one. I can't, I can hardly talk about these things and keep calm. I'm going to a conference this Friday of a, a bunch of people, <clears throat> one world government looking for peace in the Middle East. And <clears throat> I'm just going to need great restraint. <laughs> how can you, how can you, how can you, how can you, how can you? If you believe that what you believe is really real. How can you pray passionless prayers? Well, you're not praying, and I'm not praying until these visions, these pictures, capture, they literally capture our identity. And it becomes so, it's so big inside us where, let me out of the trap I'm in. For this vision of the kingdom, Jesus, these people come, he's preaching to them. They say he's the savior of the world. And here comes the disciples back. They go for bread. They come back. And Jesus is now all about talking about harvest. He's rejoicing. He says, in this saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap. What you have not labored for, others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. I'm sending you 
Peter, James, John. <laughs> Who is the least known disciple? What's his other name? Thaddeus, also known as Labaius. Who's ever heard a preacher talk about Labaius? Listen, Jesus saying, Labaius, you see, you see this? You see this woman and all her friends and even her enemies. See this? Pray that you get thrust out of your little Jewish worldview. Mm. Your little conservative Christian world. I'm telling you, we're, we're, like, we're in a crazy time. And status quo is not going to do it. How are we going to get out of status quo? Pray. Pray. And he's jumping up and down. Look at this, guys. Look at this. I'm sending you to do this. In fact, I'm not even telling you have to pray under your own power. Just let the Holy Spirit have his way. Pray. Here's the spirit of prayer. You give voice to it, and Ekbalah's going to happen to you. I think I'm done. It didn't all tie up in a neat bow because we didn't get to the third page, which has the really nice bows on it. Tony and Melissa, would you just come up here and, like, pray out of this. Ekbala all over us. Lord, make this our food. Mm. Jesus said this was the food that... That the disciples had know nothing about. Yeah. Make this yeah. our food. Make yeah. this our bread and butter. That we're we've got we got like an extra like eye reaching out, looking around, just constantly awake, constantly just looking for the woman at the well. Yeah. That anybody, anybody's fair game, anybody's fair game. Like open our eyes to our neighbors, like the people that we've written off. Lord, like bring them right in front of us. Lord, cause, cause us to start praying all throughout the night that just tongues are just filling us. That, that fire that's coming from your throne where we open up our backs right now. We just open up our backs. Yeah. <laughs> Fill us with that fire that's yes. issuing forth from your throne. Tongues of fire would come day and night. Day and night. We'd be on our way to the grocery store. It'd be coming. <clears throat> we'd be on our way to, to CTK and it'd be coming. That our children would start praying and singing in tongues because Gentiles are going to be harvested. Yes. Lord, all through worship, I just felt like I had men with yarmulkes all up and around me. Yes. Thank Lord, you, Lord. We draw our Jewish brothers and sisters to ourselves and we say, yes. like, send us into the harvest field. Send us to them and send them to us that they would see that they have, they have a man. They have a man on the wall that's wailing for them. Yes. Yes. Thank you for words from heaven. Thank you for words, dreams, visions, pictures, smells, sounds. Send it. Send it from heaven. Jesus, we're wide open. We're wide yes, open. Lord. We're wide open, God. We're wide open. And then Ekbala, Ekbala, send us out, Jesus. Kick us out of the nest. Kick us out of the nest, Jesus. Send us into the streets. Send us into our neighbors' homes. Thank you, God. 
tear off the roof, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, release a wailing. You're releasing a wailing right now inside of us. Yes. For those that you have already chosen yes, to be the world, release a wailing. Yes. A groan that was in Elijah, the same groan that was in the Apostle Paul when he walked into a community. Yes. We like break yes, off the Lord. of what that means, God. Release Jesus. A wailing inside of us. There'll be no holding back. There'll be not one ounce of holding back anymore. Groan through us, Holy Spirit. Release a deep, guttural groan through us for those that belong in your kingdom. And we wouldn't hold back and we wouldn't restrict to a little Sunday morning. That it would groan through us even in the watches of the night, in the, in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday. Groaning would hit us and we would be cooperative with it. Release the gifts and callings of your nature, Jesus. Yes. That they be used for what they're for, finally. Yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you for the transfer. What's inside us is going, is coming to a, to the, to a city, to a yeah. township, yes. to a neighborhood. Thank you, God, for, the, for what's coming. Thank you. You've made us cloud riders with you. We're in you, riding clouds. Thank you for the reality glasses. Yes. Thank you for the reality glasses. This isn't virtual. This is real. Yeah. Thank you, God. This is real. This is not yeah. some dream. This is, this is where we are. Yeah. This is who we are. This yes. is what we're in. We're inside you, riding the clouds with authority yeah. over sin yeah. and death. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Open your, open your right hand. You're getting a smooth stone right now. It's a stone that's meant to break glass houses. You're going you're gonna to expose some things. You're going to break some things open with your prayer life. Yeah. That is partnered with the Holy Spirit. You're going to break people out of status quo. You're going to challenge believers around you when you go out from here. And maybe you're at the convention or wherever you're going. You're going to have a smooth stone in your hand. And it's going to shatter glass ceilings and glass houses. So put it in your Thank hand you, and Lord. get ready. Look, look for the opportunity. Don't miss an opportunity. I prophesy over you, state of Michigan, that the rain is coming. I prophesy over you, governments of Michigan, whether it's townships, city council, villages, sheriff's departments, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. The government of God is coming to you. The rain is coming. Let me tell you, there's not an umbrella that's going to keep you safe. When the Son of Man comes riding on the clouds of heaven and releases his rain. Because when rain comes, salvation goes into the ground and it sprouts up righteousness. And you better look out because sons of God and sons of righteousness are coming into your houses, coming into your city councils, coming into your governing meetings. And they will not, they will not settle for status quo. They're coming to dismantle, to disarm principalities and powers and teach principalities and powers lessons from the scripture and their words are going to mean something they're going to hang in the room and they're going to strip you bare let's lift your hands up to the lord <clears throat> a great refreshing lord we're asking for a great refreshing to come to us in prayer 
The times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. I see a plow, and we're grabbing the handles, and it's just going. We're not pushing it. Yeah. We're not driving it. Yeah. We just grab the handles. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. The Lord of the harvest is plowing. Yes. He is plowing ahead and breaking yeah. up the ground. Yes, thank you, Lord. Of every city, of every heart. Yes. He's breaking it up. So we grab hold. We grab hold of you. Son of man, we grab hold of you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Break it up. Break it up. Break it up. Break up the status quo. Break up every way we've known how to pray. Every way that we've known how to engage with you, son of man. Break it up. Yes. Break it up. Thank you, Lord. You're breaking it up. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask you would remove every self-composure system. Yes. Everything that's limited the expression of your word in our bodies and out from our mouths, Lord, you would cleanse us of every self-composure system that yeah. your word would have free reign in our bodies and free reign from our mouths, Lord. Yeah. Ooh, I receive this in my body, Jesus. The cleansing and removal of self-composure. Of any way we've, we've, we've esteemed intellect above your word. Yeah. Intellect has been yeah. elevated above your word, Lord. To tear it down. Tear it down yeah. over us so your word would be exalted first and foremost. And that every intellectual system that's hindered the expression of your word would be broken over us, Lord. We'll remove all hindrance of the expression of your word in our yeah. bodies, in our mouths. Oh, that we would fully embody your word, Jesus. Yes. The rivers would come out of us fully expressive without any hindrance, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we receive this heavenly language system. Yes. We receive yes. this system that we don't understand, yes. that we can't figure out. We yes. receive it. Yes. We receive it by looking to you, Jesus. By looking to you and seeing you. And hearing your voice and speaking what you're speaking. I thank you, Jesus, for this direct connection to you that we have by the Spirit, this flow of revelation that's coming from your throne. Jesus, I thank you that you say you are completely qualified. <laughs> you are completely qualified to pray with me, to pray for what, what is my will. You are completely qualified. I thank you for the spirit of prayer. <laughs> There's a, a grace coming from the Lord to the men right now to lead your families, to lead your wives in prayer. Lord, we, I receive this spirit of prayer to lead my family. Yes. To lead my family yes. in earnest prayer, Lord. Yes. To break us out, yes. Lord, of our little lives. To move us forward. To move us out, Lord, into the community. To receive things from heaven and bring them into the earth, Lord. 
receive your grace, Lord, to lead my wife. Thank you for this grace, Lord, to lead, to be men who have earnest prayers and aren't ashamed of the earnestness that's in us and to release that, to be unashamedly charismatic, to be unashamedly passionate and earnest. Lord, you're giving us permission to be earnest, to be passionate. Thank you, Lord, for the earnestness that you're giving us. I'm a passive recipient of this earnest praying, Lord. I'm not whipping it up. I'm not whipping it up, Lord. I receive it. I receive the passion that you're giving, Lord. Unapologetically, Lord. And I throw off trying to figure out how to pray, how to figure out how to be earnest, how, how to be passionate, Lord. I just be passionate. I just be earnest, Lord. I just release it to you right now. The Lord is releasing it, and I receive it. So receive it. The cap is off. The cap is off. The roof is off. There is no limit. There is no limit by my spirit. There is no limit. Your supply is by my spirit. Receive your supply. Be filled with your supply by my spirit. The cap is off. The roof is off. Thank you, God. If you're receiving this impartation right now, just put up your hands and receive a greater impartation of prayer. Father, we thank you for what you've released this morning. Lord of the harvest, we honour you. We thank you what's coming out of you this morning that's driving us out, that's pushing us out. Your word is coming in and we're going out. Your spirit is coming in and your words are coming out. We receive fresh impartation from you. Every man, woman and child here today, I thank you, God. You're equipping them. You're empowering them in something they've never known. You're giving them prayer this morning they've never known. You're giving them words this morning that they've never known. Thank you for this. You're driving us out. Thank you, God. You're casting out us into the harvest. We take that. We say yes to being cast out this morning. Cast us out. Cast us out. We ask for this. We ask for the prayer, your prayer to be in us, your fire to be in us, your words to be in us, your impetus to be in us, your light to be in us, your vision to be in us, to see what you are doing and to declare it before it happens, to say yes to your word, to your kingdom coming through us into the earth. God, I thank you. You've moved us forward a step this morning in your kingdom. I thank you for the word that's come through Pastor Pete this morning. We honor your word that's come through and we receive it. We thank you for the equipping. Father, once again, we want to thank you for Ralph and Carol. We want to thank you for the opportunity for, to be together today. And Lord, we ask for a great supply, Lord, to come to their lives. And 
I just want to encourage you once again to really consider an offering to bless. I really feel like the Lord wants to send a blessing out of our church to them today. So consider either putting an offering in one of the bins in the in the two exercise or out in the lobby or to go online and give five, ten, fifty, hundred dollars, whatever the spirit puts on your heart. And let's really bless them today. And Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed wrestling with the word and the spirit as you engaged with this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.metrodetroit.org and have a great week.